0: What up, everybody? It's your host with the most, Johnny B, coming at you guys with a new episode of Media Speakeasy. And on today's speakeasy, Gus and I are going to be discussing our favorite films of the 2010s. Stay here to find out what films inspired us and pushed us even more to pursue our careers in film. We're going to be jumping in. Three, two, one.
1: What up, everybody? Me 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 most. Most. It's your host, with the most,
0: don't mean to brag, don't mean to boast, it's your boy.
1: boy, Johnny B, Gus the intern, and today, don't know why I'm
0: singing, we're going to we're be covering our top favorite films of the last decade, if you guys haven't heard it yet, go back and listen to our worst films of the last decade to kind of catch up. Because we're doing this decade playlist where we go back to the previous decade and we cover the best and the worst in film, music, television, all the above. If it's media, it's going to get some love. So, with that being said, we hope you guys are doing safe. We hope you guys are okay. Um, If you guys haven't checked us out yet, go check out our social medias at Steadfast Innovation Entertainment um we're on instagram twitter facebook uh follow our youtube to get some quality entertainment we have gaming videos we have vlogs we have podcasts we have all kinds of fun stuff and other stuff that we're actually working on right now currently more to come exactly so we hope you guys are doing safe during this time um hope you guys are practicing safe distancing safe hygiene you know we're sometimes in a very very downer situation sometimes you know being inside for so long could definitely get to a person oh especially
1: for extroverts I so feel bad for extroverts
0: so regardless of what's going on we're here to help you guys we're here to entertain we hope you guys enjoy and we appreciate you guys actually listening to us and taking the time to give us the time of day so with that being said are you ready gusty intern oh hell yeah all right I think it's fitting that you go first Mm. because I have more films than you do. Mm. So what we're going
1: to do... I can't remember any of the top of my head. That's mostly (laughs) why. But I'm pretty sure I do have some. Hopefully I can remember them by this episode. But I have at least two. So what we're
0: doing today is just like the last one, we're going to give a few runner-ups. And then we're going to give our prestigious number one spot to our favorite film of the last decade. So I think oh, Gus has obscure.
1: has two. I have two, but I've, I just remembered one, but it was so long ago.
0: Hey, man. if It's super it, obscure. Hey, two, it was foreign. 2010 was, to 2019. Oh, fuck. Was it? 2010 to 2019. As long as it fits that requirement, because we're covering the last decade. That's what we did for the last podcast.
1: I, I forget if it was Swedish or what was the movie about it was about this guy who found a girl online and he didn't he he convinced himself that he finally met her in person but in reality he didn't and she never really he never really talked to her he just saw her had a crush and then imagined his life hanging out with her and shit and then he was being bullied the whole time and shit oh my god it was uh, it was something else
0: I definitely don't know. I I've never heard of that.
1: It's super obscure, a uh, hella indie form. Movie, that but is it was like definitely obscure. But like we had a blast watching it. Um. But one of the one of the movies that comes to mind is definitely Logan.
0: Okay. Now is that your number one yes. or is that your no- uh, okay? Yes. So then, what is your runner so up? Before fun. we jump into Logan, what was your runner up? What well, came close but not cigar.
1: Considering it's the only one I can remember and was actually really good and almost a tearjerker was Inside Out. Inside Out? Yeah, that one was like, oh my god.
0: You know, I, what's, what's really uh. crazy about social media nowadays is, okay, so honest, honesty here, Mercy Street, I've never watched a movie in its entirety. Like, I've watched bits and pieces of it here and there, and I pretty much know the gist of the movie from beginning to end, because of social media and stuff oh, like that,
1: it's been spoiling. You. Because it's like it's just been you a thing. You gotta watch it though. Like it's a fucking shame though, because I only ever watched the um the ghetto bootleg version, <laughs> so it like watered down everything, like all the amazingness and, and emotional sappiness. I mean, don't get me wrong, it was still there, but I'm pretty certain. Had it not been in that condition, I probably would have cried at the ending. I, I definitely Or keep... during that infamous do you are you interested in Oh I, I, I already, already know, know I already know everything about okay, the fucking well, movie. When the when the fucking imaginary friend, friend yeah, I knew you were started dying, yeah. I was like, No
0: yeah, no. when, well, he was being forgotten, you know?
1: Yeah, oh, my, he was being forgotten almost cause Yeah, was, like, like, uh, oh, I God. feel I like... got tears coming out of my eyes. That is
0: definitely a fate worse than death. Because it's but just, But he did yeah.
1: it, like, so admirably. Like, he sacrificed himself.
0: Yeah, it was definitely something that, like... Even, like, Everybody even for me, you know? Even though I hadn't watched the movie in its entirety, you know, knowing about that scene and knowing that it's in there, you know, like even just watching the scene I was like, wow, like that that sucks. You know, so if I was definitely invested all the so way sweet through, too. like, I would have definitely have felt something. It was so sweet. Like, I do not blame you at all. So yeah, no, that's definitely a good, a good one.
1: I It was a good mix of uh of uh of um cheerfully uh adorably funny and get closer and it was a good mix of a cheerfully adorably funny and uh sad at the same time especially at the ending when she like she was on her way to leaving her parents house yeah and because her emotions were getting the best of her and she couldn't understand happiness and and sadness anymore because they were stuck somewhere in the brain somewhere else that's depression friend (laughs) And that was like, oh yeah, and that was like, oh, that's so sad. And then when she came back, and she started crying and telling his, <laughs> telling her parents and stuff, and realizing that sadness was truly, is truly necessary, yeah. even though you try to avoid it. In all this other complex thing that things that I'm like not doing good justice explaining.
0: As far as Pixar movies goes, it definitely takes a, it takes a lot of the boxes. I definitely. Understand the appeal of the movie. I I really do. I I want to watch it in full
1: without uh, the ghetto bootleg.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I definitely see the appeal. And it's not my favorite out of all of Pixar's catalog, but I could definitely see why it, it ranks up really, really high for a lot of people. And why a lot of people, that movie stuck with a lot of people. Like the entire time that that movie was in theaters, it would not leave. And I was always hearing about it. Every five minutes, I was like, "Wow!" I was like, "Dude, this movie had out. a really big effect." It, and I'm just, I'm, I'm really blown with the amount of effect that this movie definitely had. These and are, I will definitely take this and the amount of talking that like, came of this as opposed to Frozen, because I don't want to ever yeah. Frozen, speak Frozen was just a
1: demographic thing I, that I ended I up becoming
0: way too big. Sh- shoot me, I hate Frozen. Okay, moving but, on. Okay, so yeah. Speaking of crying, okay, so your number one pick, Logan.
1: Uh yeah. That movie fucked me up though. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> that movie was a goddamn head trip. Uh oh, no man. pun intended considering what happened to Porter. Oh spoilers alert. Spoiler alert by the way, this whole uh, segment think, is so if you haven't You might want to warn him. watched Logan. You have to watch it now. There there, there will be spoilers. We're not going to spoil everything.
0: But know that this podcast is definitely going to have a lot of spoilers. So if you haven't watched Logan, if you haven't watched La La Land, or Nice Guys, or Hate Foy, or uh, Baby Driver, please, please do yourself a favor and go watch those movies before you go on. Okay, continue.
1: Okay. So... Logan, holy shit, it tells the story of a man of the Wolverine from the original X-Men, no less. That's what kind of drives it a little bit more home for certain people, because oh, yeah. it's a huge nostalgia trip, seeing where the character of Wolverine has gone since the events of X-Men. Um... All the uh rep conning aside. Yeah, all the red con-
0: Well I mean that that's the thing. That that Are uni- they still technically in that that's Yeah, that, that universe after still counts? after it was wiped out. That's by the, the newer that's cast? the yeah, by the newer because at the end of um what was it? How does
1: it go? So
0: after, after the the last X Men, I think what was it, Days of Futures Past? Yeah, the one where they showed everything. They in the go past? back in time and shit, oh, they all that. Okay. Um, after the events of that one, this is a timeline that Wolverine got stuck in after. So, yeah, because I, I,
1: never got involved in any of that.
0: Yeah, so that, that's what I believe happened. Okay, I mean, correct so, me if I'm wrong, but honestly, I never watched Days of Future for, Past. For
1: all intents and purposes, whatever events caused the current X-Men movies to be the younger cast... Yeah. um, The the older cast still exists in that universe, right? Mm-hmm. So, every, so a whole shit ton of stuff already still happened. You're
0: definitely more connected to the characters given that you grew up with them. Right. And you grew up watching them. Like you grew yeah, up I knew watching. Them since they were
1: since I was a kid. Yeah. And, uh, you
0: grew up watching Hugh Jackman, Patrick Stewart,
1: and watching the where the third they, one and then the awkward setting in between yeah. the new one and the old one. So, but the fact that they continued they they went out of the way to still continue the old series with the two longest, most uh most invested in characters Logan being Logan and uh, 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 Professor X yeah okay sorry it's been a while crucify me <laughs> anyways um, yeah it's crazy it, I, I like the attention of details and how like Xavier X is, Professor X is, like, old, and he's getting seizures, and he needs medication for it. Otherwise, everyone is fucked around him, because his very, the world's most powerful brain being susceptible to stuff like seizures, for example, is very dangerous. That's scary, As you can see by that scene. That's scary. Yeah, that whole scene was scary as hell, because he's, like, desperately trying to crawl his way into getting him his medication. And it's, like, it's crazy. And then by the ending, it's just oh, don't even get me started with the ending.
0: Yeah, it, it the ending you, fucked me up. You definitely get involved and invested in these characters because you grew up with them. They're they're like an old family member that you haven't seen in such a long time. They're someone that you've definitely connected with, you know, throughout every single film. And they and did a good everything. job with the uh, continuity with the and. and Oh, yeah, I yeah, know the dialogue. Yeah, it's definitely. a lot better
1: than the older movies. Yeah, sure. I feel
0: like as far as quality goes, this low, old man Logan, or Logan is definitely one of the better written and put-together X-Men films that I've ever seen. Like, I like the first one. That's that's a nostalgia trip. I thought the second one was okay. I'm not a fan of the third one. Nobody even though likes the third a, one. Even though it has a juggernaut, bitch. <laughs> the
1: the juggernaut. But
0: I definitely, definitely love the way that they put together... Logan and the story that it told and how much of an impact it definitely had. and it's and it, How it wraps everything it, up it, too. It's crazy because if you look at the source material for that movie, it is nothing. Really? Nothing book? like what it actually is because Old Man Logan is an actual comic book. I'm not going to go into detail about it because there are some
1: pretty really, really, really fucked up stuff that happens in that comic book. More fucked up than a poor family getting dragged into uh, getting murdered. Yes, way worse Way, way worse Because I'm going to be honest That was pretty fucked up Holy shit was that the most fucked up thing in the movie
0: I'm going to have to Poor
1: family I'm going to
0: have to tell you about Old Man Logan after this Oh
1: sure But But like (laughs) Speaking in the context of the movie Good lord, poor kid Poor family Going out of the way to help him only to get murdered to death in such a gruesome way. Yeah. By the fucking uh Logan clone. Yeah, that
0: but it it definitely invests you, it definitely pulls you in, it definitely oh, yeah. makes you feel something for it's the character. It's not a kind movie either. Yeah, no it what is I just not, mentioned. no, it, it is brutal. All the way through Holy it's shit, just is it brutal so hard to watch.
1: Oh, it's so what? hard to watch the torture he has to endure. Yeah. Watch. Especially since he's getting older and the adamantium skull the it, skeleton is apparently... Yeah, it's it's poisoning him. him. Yeah, yeah, it's poisoning him. And he yeah. gets to a point where his body's, like, no longer uh, healing him anymore.
0: Yeah, and watching... watching Old Logan go against you, Logan was crazy. Oh, that shit. scene was nuts. It's kind of sad because oh. like
1: it's a glimpse of what could have been in the current day uh, Wolverine. Yeah, had had had, like, it,
0: damn it. had his life not turned the way that it did. It yeah, it's definitely something that makes you feel for these characters because it's so well written and there's such strong connections. And I feel like they definitely did justice to the character. The, and not to mention that they did a really good job. If, in fact, they make a, uh, a next film, I feel like they did a really good job uh, setting up the future installments of these films. Like, having, egg, the, having the new experiment, you know? Ex, I think it's oh, X-23, right. What's the, name? The, the girl. Yeah. yeah, the little girl. Setting up that. Oh, don't even get me started was, with their relationship. That was awesome. I love the way they set her up. They didn't have her... She wasn't weak. She, her character... I if I don't generally. I mean, she
1: was obviously vulnerable because she was a child, but... Yeah, but like, she... She, she so knew what she was ass. doing. She yeah. kicked more ass than Logan. Doing certain parts, so fucking, yeah. She was so fucking badass. She, yeah, dude. I love the fighting scenes. I like the fighting scenes and the parallels between her and, and Logan and how yeah by the end of it like it wasn't just her saying it It, they basically were father and like father and daughter essentially even though as much as he didn't he wanted to deny and want nothing to do with this kid until later on he's like he couldn't help but Try to help her and shit, and yeah, reluctantly and then, was like, "All right, I guess and I kind of am your father figure." Yeah, and
0: he actually like grew to love this child as his own. Yeah, so and a strong connection. It,
1: oh, I was telling you earlier in the car. I was like, it's like I was like, I'm not gonna cry. I'm not gonna cry. And she's like, "Wake up! Don't go! Don't go! Please, yeah. please!" And then I'm like, I'm not going to cry. And as soon as she calls him daddy, I'm like, no, no. And I fucking bawled. Dude, My like, eyes were bawling. I, I,
0: I was I, like, no. See, like, I felt that strongly. It, it, like, don't get me wrong. That definitely, like, pulled some heartstrings because that sucked. And that definitely oh, yeah. piled on it. But what really did it for me... Was when she grabbed the cross and flipped it into an X. Oh, that moment right there hit me so hard because it just—it was a—it was a moment of realization of, that's it, this story is over, mm. this this decade and this emotional roller coaster that you've had with these characters and the story of this one man, you know, who put a team together that you know was so reluctant because Logan's always been a very reluctant hero and that's the way that he was portrayed throughout most of the films yeah he was also
1: a reluctant father figure he's like I'd rather not but he to be like all right, fine I guess I kind of am your dad
0: and so having this kind of close the way that it did that's where it did it for me because I was like that's it you know there's no going back it's over his story's over Mm -hmm. not to mention the
1: whole like Oh, so this is how it feels. It's like oh.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yes, I it was is like how it holy feels. shit when he it said that, that. I was you like have to die Fuck.
1: realizing it but yes, it is how it feels. Oh man,
0: that, yeah, that having him say that definitely sucked. Like uh,
1: as he's dying I'm like, "Oh no, why couldn't Yeah, that's he, why couldn't sucks. he give that when he was alive, poor baby." Yeah,
0: it sucked, oh. man. But yeah, definitely, I definitely love Logan. Dude, she was a phenomenal
1: actress. That yeah, the girl, really good actress. That she played Mad really good. That movie definitely
0: pulled some heartstrings, and it definitely, it left you feeling something for the characters that you grew up with. It definitely meant something to a lot of people, and I, I am so glad. That I lived in a time where I got to get the guy really got the chance to sit there and watch this movie. It it definitely 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 left an impact, especially in the comic book universe. And it 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 showed that you can actually make an
1: R-rated comic book movie, and And people will actually go watch it. Let alone a think piece, yeah, like an actual like coherent movie movie rather than. Super shooty bang bang. Albeit there were a couple moments like that, but it was very grounded in reality. Yeah. Very, very grounded in reality. Which makes sense because we're dealing with Wolverine here. (laughs) And one of the people that are. One of the characters that have less grounded in reality powers can't use his powers. Yeah. So, like, they have a perfect excuse and, like, frame. (laughs) Work frame to, like, play with a more realistic. There's something about watching.
0: Some of the strongest comic book characters that you knew and you grew up watching and loving because they were so badass and so cool. There's something about watching them be very like get to a point where they're so vulnerable that everything hurts. Ugh. It just breaks your fucking heart. Man. It does. It That's breaks your heart. The best
1: kinds of of action films is the ones where you see them vulnerable. That's why there's certain times when with the original X Men were you didn't really care too much because like you didn't see them as vulnerable. Yeah, it's So it's, when you see Logan dying from the inside and not um also doesn't help the fact that everyone else is trying to kill him at the same time, which adds on to his already suffering pain. Oh my god, it's just like fuck. Yeah,
0: it's it's almost like it, it's almost it, as if if you grab the character in the comic book universe, and killed them, and gave them an actual story, Oof. and gave it meaning. It's almost as if that's such a really cool thing to have because it's something that you like, you definitely in. feel because yeah. you're invested in. <coughs> Infinity War. <coughs> that's that's a whole other can of fucking worms. Wait, but anyways,
1: don't you, mean, don't you mean Endgame? There were a couple that there. that that too. Oh no, that too. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm that talking makes sense about Infinity because War. Infinity War did kill off characters, <laughs> but then they said, "Nah, reverse Uno card. Here's, here's Tony, and technically Captain America. Yeah, he's not necessarily yep. dead, but he's no longer with us. Wink, wink. But we yeah. found a loophole.
0: It's almost as if characters dying in a movie can actually add weight and to the story.
1: To oh my God! Wow. Which kind of like I mean I guess that's what they were trying to do with Deadpool, but like. I was kind of like, I already know he's coming back. i are not gonna end it at the second <laughs> one, you know. Hey, I, you know, I, 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 I did d- feel bad that he, uh, at the possibility that he might actually die for reals. But like, I'm like, it's I, Deadpool.
0: I definitely enjoyed that portion of it, though. It actually, it was I'm actually kind of nice. It was actually kind of nice.
1: But with that being said, all right. Although the punchline of him being like, "All right, I'm dead." Uh, uh-huh, no, actually, uh, yada yadda Alright, I'm dead. Uh, no, yadda 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 Alright, I'm dead. I was like, alright, that's like the fifth time you've done this. Get on with it. Die already. Stop padding time.
0: <laughs> hey, man, maybe that was the point, okay? I
1: guess, but to me it was just like, dude, okay. <laughs> it's like, Come it was like, it was funny.
0: Man. Oh, man, okay. Moving on, right So. Along. Your movie. My movies. I uh okay, so I'm starting with my fifth and going all the way to the top.
1: La La so just kidding, m- bitch. I'm just kidding.
0: But I, I, yeah, I'm starting from the f- I'm starting from my fifth and going all the way to the top to my number one.
1: Starting from the bottom down here.
0: And I'm gonna just pretty much go and give a rough draft as to why these movies gave left such an impact with me. That's that's all I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna say why they left such an impact so we can go into my number one without any delay so I can explain myself. So my number five is Captain America Winter Soldier. I love that movie so much and it is still till this day my favorite comic book movie. Ooh. It is one of my favorite movies ever because it's, it was an actual comic book It's movie. it Storytelling is so good. It's written so well. The characters followed such a great story. It had meaning. And I read comic books. I'm a fucking... I'm a comic nerd. I fucking love comic books. Winter Soldier is something that I definitely love. I love Cap. Cap's one of my favorite comic book characters of all time. And I know a lot about the Winter Soldier and I know his origins and how all of that was put together. And so, when we saw Captain America, Winter Soldier, we're like, oh, dude. Okay, so this means that Bucky's coming back. Because that's essentially what's happened before. It's happened in the comic
1: book. So, he went from good, bad so, guy to good guy? Yeah. From, so, so, no, no, no. Yeah.
0: From, from good guy to bad guy. after After really? after his death. Well, there's, there's a whole long, complicated story. But to save us some time,
1: hey.
0: it's really fucking cool to watch something... Get put well so together that even though I knew the twist and I knew it was coming, it still managed to shock the hell out of me. Really? I, I I knew it. I knew it was going to happen. But even when you get to the moment, when it happens, you're just like, oh my God, what the hell? And you're just sitting there like, dude, this is amazing. The way that it was written. And then watching Cap and Bucky fight in that blimp and watching Bucky beat the shit out of Steve and Steve just like refused to fight his best friend, man. Yeah. Oh my god, I love that scene so much. It's so good. Oh it's just, it's so good. It's it's so good. It's one of the best things. Um my number four spot definitely has to go to the Hey Foy. Now, I had a hard time choosing between Once Upon a Time and Hollywood and the Hey Foyt. Though I definitely have to go with the Hey Foyt because it's something so unique and so different. Don't get me wrong. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is definitely something different from Tarantino because it's not an uber violent movie. It's not some crazy fucking off the wall fucking like people getting killed type movies. It's Mm. Tarantino at his best telling a story with some of the best dialogue he's ever written and it's just so fun to watch and so fun to watch how he puts things together he wanted to pretty much make a moving picture that's literally the best way to describe it so I enjoyed that and I love it but for the the story that's yeah Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yeah it was the most recent film that he dropped Brad Pitt and and DiCaprio DiCaprio but I definitely have to go for the Hateful Eight because of the story that it told. It did such a good job telling a story. Though, I will agree with a lot of people, there's actually a moment in the film that kind of detracts from everything that's going on. But besides that one moment, just watching all these characters that you don't know, that they don't know each other, that you don't trust, and they don't trust each other, and watching them kind of start to spiral in ways that you did not expect is so cool. I was absolutely fucking shocked with some of the people that ended up dying. I thought that some of these people were actually gonna make it to the end of the film.
1: Subvert your expectations, But
0: it completely fucking blew my mind. And when Channing Tatum showed up, that was the craziest shit ever. I I genuinely thought that Tatum was gonna have such a fucking chunky role and he was gonna be a big part of the movie. Nope. Just a big fuck you. If you're a Channing
1: Tatum fan, that movie's a giant fucking magic middle. <laughs> That's a giant fucking middle finger like, to you, hey, man. La- hey ladies, you like magic mics? Hey dudes, do you like Twenty One Jump Streets? <laughs> wow, you. it's hey, it's, it's the greatest. And I what genuinely love that scene so much. I, I love the part. I watched that movie. You're already selling it.
0: I love that part yeah. so much. There's a that before that before that part with uh when Channing Tatum comes up, uh Samuel Jackson's pointing a gun and uh Channing Tatum's character is in a, in in a basement and he's like, Alright, throw your guns up. And he throws up three guns, and then he's and, and then he looks over and he's like, Alright, I've said all your guns. And he's like, I ain't got no other gun. He's like, Well you better fucking shoot another gun out. I fucking love that I love that so much That is legitimately one of Sam Jackson's Best fucking performances Bar none I love Sam Jackson But in this movie he shines like no other Everyone in the movie Shines, every actor shines The dialogue, fucking awesome The story, amazing It's like, the thing The script, phenomenal the, The thing, but in the old west and minus the monster, the Ooh. monster is actually the people. <laughs> That's essentially what it is. Uh, right,
1: everyone tearing each other's head out. But They're yeah, out. if
0: you want something, if you want to watch something bloody and fucking ha- that has amazing storytelling, hey foy. But have patience because it is a full three-hour movie, so you're gonna have to have the patience it, for it.
1: Is it like nothing but absolute? torrent and torrent of dialogue in a different language like *Inglorious Bastards? No,
0: not at all. Not at all.
1: I remember watching Glorious Bastards expecting a crazy action flick and being like what the fuck am I reading? <laughs> what does something happen? Hey, hey,
0: hey, hey, like, hey. They kept hey.
1: speaking in German for like hours. Hey. I'm like, what? *Inglorious
0: Bastards is fucking amazing. And, I mean, I suppose so when the and, action was happening, and but the, I was and, like and, if you haven't watched a Tarantino film, the dialogue is fucking key in sure. a Tarantino film.
1: Sure, but... Dialogue is It would have been better key. not having to read this. That's so Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> okay, so...
0: Uh, my number three spot uh, definitely has to go to La La Land. I... Uh, it's it's, it's funny given the the first two that I threw out there especially given that I'm placing this one above the hateful Eight. and I know some people are going to be like oh my god what the hell is wrong with you Um, but I genuinely really really love La La Land and it's, it's crazy because watching this movie get the praise that it did and watching everyone fall in love with it I absolutely agree Moonlight should have definitely won the award. I definitely think that Moonlight should have beaten La La Land. I think it's an all-around better movie. But I really, really love La La Land because of the story that it tells with its characters and the weight that is behind it. It's it, You can connect with these characters in such a like personal way, especially for me, because I'm an aspiring actor slash musician, So, um, these two characters, uh, played by, um, Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling, they're the, they're the flip of, they're the same coin, they're two sides of the same, same same, same coin for me. Because I love music and it's something that I definitely plan on pursuing and I love acting. And watching them try and fail over and over again is something that I can definitely relate to. And also watching them struggle... Emotionally, with these rejections and getting told no, and watching them kind of it's crazy as hell, man. You watch them come together only to watch them fall apart, and it's heartbreaking as shit. Like, if you're seeing
1: seeing a breakup of a very beautiful relationship,
0: yeah, exactly. And it sucks because at the end of the day, it's the breakup doesn't. Fully happen because they don't want to be together. It happens because their jobs and their lives are moving in different and that's directions. The worst
1: part is when that happens. Their lives are moving in that's completely the worst kind of different
0: directions, and they we hit it. They work their asses off to make
1: it work and make it happen. And but it finally, does they get an opportunity that they can't? They'd be stupid to, to pass to, away pass up and and they have. That to means they had to separate.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's just so heartbreaking watching it actually happen in front of you. And, I'm gonna try to get through this part without fucking crying. Cause every time I've explained it, it like, it starts to fucking tear me up. But, essentially, the character, uh, uh, Emma Stone's character is an actress, she's a failing actress who's constantly failing and being told no and being rejected. And she finally gets to a part of the film where something really miraculous happens to her where someone casts her for being her, you know, and watching her actually do it with a song. And the song that she sings is genuinely so hard. It's one of the most sweetest, most touching things I've heard in a really long time because she sings about her aunt who's no longer with her Who pretty much was part of the reason why she wanted to do acting in the first place and she explains her story and what it means to her and what acting means to her and having her sing through it is just so fucking amazing and the way that emma stone brought to that performance of that song and in general that moment is something that sticks with me. That is the first time in a really long time where I sat in a theater and genuinely fucking started sobbing so hard because of the impact that it had. Were
1: you like verbally like...
0: Yeah, like, him, like I was trying my hardest to not like, audibly like, fucking cry. I know. I was like Yeah, pretty much, man. I, 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 I'll admit it. I fucking cried. Classic sad movie. I cried so hard, dude.
1: That's exactly what a movie is trying to do, tries to do every time, especially with that type of movie. So when you see movies that constantly fail at doing that, it's such a miracle when you see a movie like La La Land actually. Achieve Achieve it, yeah, so well, so
0: rare. It's a beautiful tragedy.
1: It's one of those like inspiring. Like I can make a movie like that. I can make a heartfelt, um, yeah, scenes like that and shit, and act out in a way that would like hopefully get the audience to To feel, feel, yeah, connected.
0: Yeah. So if you have dreams, if you have things that you've wanted to pursue your entire life you know, if you have something that you connect with artistically and things that you've wanted to do that you dream about doing, this movie is definitely something that'll leave you happy, but also tear your fucking heart out. It'll it's, prepare it's, you for like what
1: a, could possibly come with it.
0: It's a beautiful tragedy. That is the best way I can describe La La Land. A beautiful tragedy. Um, My second film is... It was so close to my number one, but my number one has... Literally the biggest praise that I have to give any film ever. Um, but my number two... Had this movie not come out in the 2010s, I definitely think this one would have been one. Um, This movie is so fucking underrated. It's The Nice Guys with Ryan Gosling mm. and Russell Crowe. It is fucking
1: amazing. I heard so much good stuff. It's
0: so amazing. I watched Chris... How... During a time where people are complaining about originality and complaining about not having something that grips them or has some compelling new story to tell, I love how in an era where that's such a common thing, movies Nobody like it. movies like The Nice Guy get so overlooked or don't even get the time of day. And
1: it gets the, the fucking stupid out of touch suits to look at it, the statistics and say... No one wants to see this shit. Let's make some more trash. Yep. Michael Bay, where the fuck are you? Get over here. <laughs> oh. Let's make let shit out another Hot fucking take. let's shit on someone else's fucking childhood again. <laughs> Where's the fireball? Again. Where's the fireball at? Hot what take. Is it? What, what is oh my it? God. Fucking, that's Beetleborgs. That's a TV show. We we promoted <laughs> from action figures to to fucking uh TV, old TV shows. Let's make Beetleborgs into some crazy fucking what the fuckery. Sorry. Yeah. On? <laughs> um, but Nice Guys
0: is such a really good movie. I gotta
1: watch that. It has Ryan Gosling
0: at some of his best. Like I I admit the, I love the concept I, of it? I'm a big Gosling fanboy. I love I love Gosling so mm. much. Like I I like I the Gosling. guy I know that a majority of the time, sometimes the guy can be very one-note depending on the situation and the director that you put him under but Boy, i fuck. definitely <laughs> i definitely know i definitely know the guy has range he has such good range and i genuinely love he his, his acting skills but no no better does he shine in nice guys the, the the way that he does and portrays his character in nice guys is just fucking great he shows that he is capable of being funny yet being genuine and being so rooted with reality the way that he portrays the character is someone who's like living such a like a a shitty life of like self tragedy where he's constantly throwing himself pity parties and he's constantly drinking alcohol and being such a fuck up And yet seeing such an emotional performance and watching him emotionally kind of convey, you know, like he, yeah, Gosling, he does a good job of being like, yeah, I'm a fuck up, I know, but I don't want to be a fuck up. How do I fix it? And I don't know how to fix it but he does it in such a fucking charming way that it's so great to watch him shine the way he does. So, and watching Gosling right next to Crow, Crow, essentially this is the best way you can put it, Gosling is the funny guy in the film, but Crow is the he's the straight guy. He's the, he's the straight man. He's a straight man, very, you know, straightforward. Very no tough, no nonsense. Yeah, his character is very no nonsense. And the first time he meets Gosling, he the first time he meets Gosling, he punches him in the fucking face with <laughs> brass knuckles and then breaks his fucking hand. <laughs> it's the greatest shit ever, and I love what he does because he gets money uh, to pretty much be a hitman essentially, and. So he goes and does these jobs for people. He'll beat up somebody's ex-boyfriend who doesn't stop following them, or a stalker, or a bully, or whatever the fuck. That's what Russell Crowe's character does, and uh, he ends up con- he ends up uh, connecting with uh, with Ros- uh, Gosling's character, and he oh beats God. the shit out of him the first time he meets the fucking Damn guy. Rosling. And, and and the fucking guy ends up going back home and buys like a whole box of Yu-Hoos to win his paycheck. That's some great a like fucking awesome shit, man. You get a fucking mm-hmm. paycheck for beating the shit out of people, go buy some you hoos. So the best paid, way.
1: He got paid to beat up Gossham. Pretty
0: much. Oh
1: it's okay. the greatest shit ever. That's how they met. He was but one of his victims. Great story.
0: <laughs> great storytelling. Um, th- fucking fun it's absolutely some of the funnest dialogue i know that's not a fucking word it's some of the funnest dialogue the most fun dialogue i've heard in such a really long time the dialogue is so good it's so funny it's so witty it's so well put together the delivery of the actors are so good even the even the younger actors do such a fucking good job and some people have problems with like teenage actors or kid actors like some people have like the biggest grouse with them but these 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 kids did a really good job they know what they were doing he did a really good job and i definitely i absolutely (sighs) positively recommend nice guys if you haven't seen it please sit down watch it it's amazing
1: what's going on with it like besides gosling being crow's victim and then ending up being best friends like what goes on through essentially
0: it's uh these two guys and uh, they uh, like basically come uh, come across each other in an intersection because, not literally, but they come across each other in an intersection because one is sent to go beat up uh, Gosling's character because Gosling's character is a private investigator who's following this girl around and she thinks that this that Gosling's character was sent by somebody to come spy on her and kill her, so she's a little paranoid. So she sends she sends Russell Crowe's character to come over and beat the shit out of Gosling, but after that happens, somebody comes over, tries to kill Crowe's character, and uh, he ends up uh, finding he ends up uh, going back to Gosling's character, and he's like, "Hey, I think this girl's genuinely in trouble. Help me find her. You found her once. Help me find her again." And it's a reluctant thing where they like part. They reluctantly uh, partner, partner up, up. And the only the only way that uh, Gosling accepts the job is if he pays him essentially. Mm. So he pays him to track
1: this girl down. Like, okay, Mister Mercenary, you want to hire so me? And so
0: it it's all connected with uh, this whole. This girl is freaking out because her whole existence right now is connected to the murder of a porn star. Uh, that dies at literally at the beginning of the movie, uh, Missy Mountains. She dies at the beginning of the movie, Such and a poor star, it's seriously. Um, so she dies. Missy Mountains dies at the beginning of the movie, and this character happens to be um, connected to Missy Mountains. So this girl is basically trying to evade um, these people that are trying to kill her. And she's also scared and running away from Gosling and Russell Crowe's characters because she thinks they're trying to kill her too. So it's a race uh, against the clock to basically like, try to save this girl like an from getting killed.
1: Fucking original concept.
0: Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's and scary you,
1: how original it sounds. Is it based and, on a book? No,
0: it, it's just it's a
1: it's, it's a like Every time script. every time I see something that's like not based on another movie, I'm like. Oh, that sounds so original. It's like, yeah, it's based on a book. Fuck! Damn it! <laughs> no, this is, an actual, this is an actual original script. And it didn't get much attention. But Stay uh, it's, it's,
0: it's, it's great. It's such it as great storytelling. It's amazing. It's fun. It's funny. It There's really a fun. fucking talking bee in the movie. Oh my God! It's what awesome. the fuck? awesome. Watch it. It's a what fucking fuck? talking bee voiced Someone by Hannibal tried- Barris. Oh, it's the wow. greatest shit ever. Voice I hand love hand. it. So did this
1: movie come out?
0: Um, I don't fully remember. 2015? I no, not that not that far off. But I'll definitely have to look it up. It definitely it came out in the 2010s. But with that being said, we're down on my number one film. And uh... it I already said it, and it has to be Baby Driver. That movie has my
1: heart. And it is literally my favorite film of all time. I love the scene where he's wearing sunglasses and what's his face knocks him out. John Bernthal's like a, character comes like over, smacks him. him. And then he's like, And it's he another just pair pulls of. Wow, what a dick. I love it. It's great. It's Does he have like a shit ton of spares just for I don't know, man. That's just
0: the character was of just baby, like, man. So if you guys haven't watched it, Baby Driver is the story of a, a, a kid named Baby who becomes uh, the wheelman for a big time um, crook or thief who pulls off jobs left and right, uh, stealing from banks, stealing from all kinds of places. And Baby has a really unique talent of being able to drive like no one's fucking business. Like this shit would make Vin Diesel blush. It's fucking amazing, it's such good storytelling and the dialogue is so well put together. Nothing there feels forced, all the characters' interactions are so genuine and the way that they would normally, like how they would actually, I should I say, react to each other's well-beings and it's, it's this sad story about this kid who has tinnitus so throughout the film he's constantly listening to music. And if, and if anyone doesn't know what tinnitus is, tinnitus is essentially... You know how sometimes there are moments where you hear a beep in yeah, your ear? Tinnitus is essentially nonstop that. It's just non-stop a hissing in your ear. Okay. It's nonstop. So he listens to music to drown the sound out. And what's crazy as hell is that the beginning of the movie starts off with the sound that you would normally hear if you have tinnitus and it goes straight into the sound of an orchestra pretty much yeah and the way that the music is crafted in this film is so well placed it's so tastefully placed the soundtracks were so meticulously this the the songs are so meticulously chosen and so well put together each scene that has music in it does not fail in the slightest especially the one of the final like when you get to the climax of the film between buddy which is john ham's character and baby um the 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 interaction in that diner gave me fucking chills because of how awesome it was wasn't it a mix it's it stand it's one of the coolest fucking things in a way yeah it was like it was one of the coolest things that ever seen anybody do i love movies and moments where they take something that has such a like prominent meaning and watching them flip it on its head and giving it something completely different that scene is so cool because you have john bernthal's uh, john Burnthals, john ham's character uh who just lost his girlfriend who got killed because of baby um even though technically they're all crooks. It's bound to happen. So John Hamm's character is blaming Baby for the death of his girlfriend. And when the scene starts, they're playing a nice little tune by um, Sir Barry White uh, called "Never Gonna Give You Up." Um, and so he goes into the diner and he sees Buddy uh, sitting down at, at the edge at towards the end of the the diner, and he's there to kill Baby's uh, love interest uh so he's there and he's like i loved my girlfriend she was such a good girl and he looks at baby and he's like hey is your girlfriend a good girl and he's like telling them to come over and he has uh baby come over and sit next to him and he pulls an earphone out and what's really cool is that image is that scene is mirrored because earlier in the film John ham's character has a like heart-to-heart moment with baby's character because they both like the song "Brighton Rock" by Queen, and they connect. They connect through the song, and in that scene, John Brenthal pulls the earphone out and he puts it in his ear. That same thing happens in that scene, where he pulls the earphone out and puts it in his ear, and he looks at him. And he's like, "I'm never gonna give you up. I'm never gonna ever stop." And he's just essentially telling him, like, "I'm." I'm I'm not going to stop until I kill you. And taking a song that's about love and a song about, oh, yeah, like, I'm never going to give you up because I love you. I'm in love with you to, to flip it around. To to flip it around, to it around I'm never going to give you up. I'm never going to stop because I'm going to fucking kill you. And giving it such a dark tone is so fucking cool. It is so cool to be able to do that. And the actress did such a good job. But that's essentially what what happens is baby... Um, is driving for this this uh for this crook, they go on uh, they go on a few jobs and by the way, I love Jamie Fox and I love the guy that he is outside and he's such a genuine fucking guy, and I love the interviews that I've seen of him. I love the characters that he's played, but he is such a fucking asshole in this movie. Yeah,
1: from the little bit that I saw, I'm like, god, what a prick.
0: I have never wanted
1: somebody to die so, so badly in my life. I was like, kill this guy. Was he a, I, so was he like the uh, non-redeeming uh, yes. asshole in the whole group? Oh my god, yes. He is such a fucking piece of shit so everyone's tolerable and but he's like the biggest dick. he's he's annoying no he's wonder i got that huge vibe when i was seeing him fuck with baby yeah he's annoying like, he's why are you being frustrating a dude? he's violent he's fucking
0: erratic he's fucking very very unstable he's just so frustrating so when you watch the scene where he has his come ins, oh my god it's one of the most satisfying things like I literally jumped up in my seat in the theater full of people. I was like, yes, fucking <laughs> ugh, die. I hate you. Was that everyone die. else too? Or was it just- Some people were like, fuck
1: yeah. I was like, yes, "Yeah, like, yes, fuck that guy. Fuck yes. Die, motherfucker. I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm a terrible human. <laughs> looking left and right, adjusting your shirt like, <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> sorry,
0: I lost my cool there for a second. But it's
1: <clears throat> it's essentially
0: baby's last ride. And he has to do one last job for Kevin Spacey's character um, who's the, the all-time crook and he has to do this last job for him and it doesn't go the way that it should and the way that everything unravels is so well put together and I cannot stress how well the music is placed. So I also love films uh, as, you, as obviously as you've seen. I love film so much and one of my jobs and one of the things that I love to do that we do at Steadfast is we are working towards making actual films. We want to actually make a production company from scratch. And or become a part of it. And so to me, I've always found myself really deeply connected to music and really deeply connected to film. And it's been a big part of me for pretty much my entire life. So, growing up with film and music, just it was a thing that came hand in hand for me. So, I got to a point where I said, in elementary school, I think I was in fourth grade, where I said, you know what, why don't I start writing my own stories? Why don't I start creating something that I want to make? And I would do that to soundtracks, I would listen to songs either in my car or... And I, I would do this sometimes in my car to see how crazy my imagination can get. So I would sit in my car as my parents were driving us somewhere or doing something, and I would sit there and listen to my music. And every time I'd listen to a particular song or a song came on, I had such a deep connection with the song that I started to craft the story through the song itself. Mm. Like the song would tell me a story. And I would. Choose where these characters were going. And the the song would basically give me. A rough draft. And I had to place things where they belonged. And that's what my brain did every time. So music is such a big essential piece to my writing. And it still is now. When I write and I write scripts. I write to songs. I write to music. I write to something that helps me tell the story i have listened to the if i get on a hot streak i have listened to the same song literally over a hundred times just because i don't want to lose that spark and so come around that time where baby driver came out i was actually having a bit of a a moment where i felt like this just wasn't working and i felt like man you know the movies that i want to make or the things that i would love to make just just they would never happen mm. because it's just it's impossible so
1: it gave you extra motivation it,
0: and so when i watched baby driver it kind of gave you hope. put me it, it put something in a perspective that what i wanted to do is literally possible it's literally possible given the
1: success that movie
0: exactly watching somebody do what i've wanted to do and have dreamed about doing for literally the entirety of my life is something that i deeply connected with and i love that movie from top to bottom there's never a dull moment the storytelling is so genuine The romance is not forced, it's so well put together, the dialogue is really witty, it's so nice, and it's such a heartfelt note, and like, it's such a like, really sweet thank you to both music and film, it's such a heartfelt thank you to both mediums, and for me, that is the greatest thing, and that's the biggest thing that I love about this film, so, i I doubt it but I hope to God that he can hear this at some point in time but thank you Edgar Wright so much for giving this writer the want to continue making things because because of you I know that what I want to do is possible so that's why Baby Driver is literally my number one film of all time and of the last decade. Okay. <laughs> I just that ranted. Was a lot. Mm-hmm. I ranted for a good minute, and you're no, like, I gave oh, you good. your chance." Mm-hmm.
1: But, but I gave you your minute. What no, that but it being makes sense. Said, it makes sense.
0: Thank you guys so much. We appreciate you guys so much. Be safe out there in these strange times. Stay at home. Watch some good movies. Watch listen to our podcast. Yeah, listen to our podcast. Play some video watch. games
1: while listening to our podcast. Watch some fun videos. Play some video games in general.
0: Come watch our channel if you guys would like. We would appreciate the support. It's Steadfast. Do some chores
1: while listening to our videos. You motherfucker. Go
0: over <laughs> to Steadfast Innovation Entertainment on YouTube and you guys will catch us playing video games, doing more podcasts, Skirts. and... Doing vlogs, call. and we were, are currently working on some skits.
1: Lord knows, as soon as this thing passes over, we're going to be vlogging us going to oh, theme like parks. crazy. We should, blog, we should vlog theme parks. We're going to be, be vlogging be so fucking cool. all kinds of fun stuff. Vlogging but, theme parks. Oh, is Los Angeles and WrestleMania in Los Angeles still happening? Hell, yeah, we're going to fucking vlog there.
0: So, with that being said, be safe out there.
1: Practice social distancing. Please be safe Wash in these strange times. Sanitize them hands.
0: Check us out on setfestinnovationentertainment.com forward slash. We don't have that uh, URL yet, <laughs> but we will. Um, check us out on YouTube, Entertainment. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Himalaya is where you'll find our podcast. Find our podcast. Find our podcast. Spooky. Yeah. Find our podcast on Spotify, Himalaya, iTunes, As of recently. and YouTube. So thank you guys so much. We appreciate you guys listening in. You guys are amazing. We miss you when you're not around. And we will talk to you guys later. Peace.